God who is the counterpart really of Yahweh. He is the God uh, patron of a certain people and of historical life and time with all kinds of rules that people live by and that sort of thing. And uh, there was a time when a great monster uh, named Hutra had uh, closed all the waters of the earth. And so it was a terrible, terrible drought. And uh, the world was in very bad condition. Well, it took this uh, God in quite a while to realize that he had a box of thunderbolts there. And all he had to do was drop a thunderbolt in Hutra and let it blow him up. And when he did that, of course, he moved it up and the waters flowed and the world was refreshed. And he said, I'm going to so I think we have a great point He goes up to the cosmic mountain, which What's is this? the mountain of the world. And so what is this? It's a catastrophe. And typically this palace is going to be a palace worthy of such a day. So he calls the Vishwakarmani. Catastrophe. And gives him the assignment to build this palace. So Vishwakarmani goes to work on the very quick water. He gets the palace into a pretty good condition. And every time he arrived, he had big encounters and a big and grandiose encounters with him. And finally, there's a time he said, My class, he said, Formosa, Fancy, Superior, Olong, Typhoon. So he decided to go to God, known as the Creator, and then complain. Well, now, Brahma sits on a lotus. This is their symbol of divine energy and divine grace. And the lotus grows from the navel of Vishnu, who is the sleeping god, whose dream is the universe. So he's talking about this lotus, and uh, this comes comes to the edge of the great lotus upon the universe, and uh, down he comes to spell. So next morning, at the uh, gate of the palace that's being built, uh, that is beautiful, beautiful. Around him, just in admiration of his beauty. So, in comes the boy. Indra on his throne, he's the king god. He says, Young uh, man, uh, welcome, and uh, what brings you to my palace? Well, says the boy with a voice of thunder rolling on the horizon. I've been told that you're building such a palace as no Indra before you. He said, I've uh, surveyed the ground, looked things over, and see if this is quite true. No Indra before you has ever been such a palace. Indra is before me, young man. Uh, what are you talking about? Boy says, Indra before you? He says, I have seen come and go, come and go. So just think, Vishnu sleeps in the cosmic ocean. The lotus of the universe grows from his navel. On there sits Brahma, the creator. In just Brahma a second, his eyes, the world. you know the drill. Just listen to this. Closes his eyes. The world goes out of being. Opens his eyes. The world comes into being. Closes his eyes. And the life of a Brahma is for Brahman. He is and he dies. The lotus goes back. Another lotus. Another Brahman. Then think of the galaxies beyond galaxies in infinite space. Each a lotus 
with the Brahma sitting on it, opening his eyes, closing his eyes with interest, there may be wise men in your court who would volunteer to count the drops of water in the oceans of the world or the grains of sand on the beaches, but no one would count those Brahmas, let alone those Indras. And while he's talking, there comes in parade across the floor of the palace an army of ants in perfect range. And the boy laughs when he sees them. And Indra's hair goes up and he thinks, he says to the boy, why do you laugh? And the boy says, don't ask unless you are willing to be hurt. And Indra says, I ask, teach. The boy says, former Indra's all. Through many lifetimes they rise from the lowest condition spiritually to highest illumination. And then they drop their thunderbolt in Vritra and they think, what a good boy am I. And down they go again. And then um, Indra sits there on the throne and he, he, he's completely disillusioned, completely shot. And he thinks, oh, let's quit the building of this palace. He calls Vishwakarma and says, you're dismissed. You don't have to. So Vishwakarma got his uh, intention. He's dismissed from the job. And there's no more house building going on. And uh, Indra decides, I'm going out and be a yogi and just meditate on the lotus feet of Vishnu. But he has a beautiful queen named Indrani. And when Indrani hears this, she goes to the priest, the uh, chaplain of the gods, and she says, now he's got this idea in his head. He's going out to become a yogi. Well, says uh, the Brahmin, uh, come in with me, darling, and we'll sit down and, and I'll fix this up. So he talks to Indra. They come in, they sit down before the king's throne, and he tells him, now I wrote a book for you some years ago on the art of politics. Uh, you are in the position of the king. You are in the position of the king of gods. You are manifestation of the mystery of Brahman in the field of time. This is a high privilege. Appreciate it, honor it, and deal with life as though you were what you really are. And with this set of instructions, Indra gives up his idea of going out and killing him. But Yogi and finds that in life he can represent the eternal in the way of a, a symbol. How did that happen? Of uh, the Brahman and uh, the, the ultimate truth. So each of us is in a way the Indra of his own life. And uh, yeah. you can make a it's choice. It's basically impossible for this thing to fall forest yeah. And meditate and throw it all Some off. Some of this like, scary shit happening. in the life either of your the job. The speaker just fell from the pillow. The kingly job of the politics and achievement. Maybe and Joseph Campbell was talking to you. love life with your wife and family. You are realizing the truth. Now, this is a, a very nice myth, it seems to me. Do we ever know the truth? Do we ever find it? Well, each person can have his own depth experience and, and some conviction of uh, being in touch with his own sat-chit-ananda, his own being, true consciousness and true bliss. But the religious people tell us we really won't experience it until we go to heaven, you know, till you die. I believe in having as much as you can of this experience while you're alive. My bliss is now. And I think in heaven you'll be having such a marvelous time looking at God that you won't get your own experience at all. 
That's not the place to have it. Here's the place to have the experience. Here and now. Here and now. they always have to tell me what to do? The animal envoys of the unseen power no longer serve as in primeval times to teach and to guide mankind.
with some tea brewing. I feel like I have to go to the toilet soon. Got an insight. I'm gonna tell you what it is in a second. I actually don't know if you can hear what I'm saying from where you are. possible. Just put on some incense. Which doesn't mean I'm insensitive. Just reminding myself that YouTube is only an advertisement and not an income, which I find important because, right, I keep getting these insights and I started to open up to sharing this with people. Because I'm not sure everybody understands how it is to live my life because everybody keeps telling me, you know, why don't you just work like everybody else? I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Do you hear voices? You know, and nobody ever tells me whether or not they hear voices. Because the way it sounds like is that they don't. Right, it's like... I'm just going to use the word because somehow it sounds so casual, right? It's like maybe I'm using it in a way that's kind of revivifying towards the word itself because I'm not such a sloppy, weird guy, I hope. Yeah, I have applied to, I'm just going to say something soon. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, that's the truth. Yeah. Why am I recording this now again? You know, I always have this feeling that I have to do certain things. And then I really, you know, there's like messages coming through. And the best way to describe this is 
let's say you're do you have ever have you ever watched the old yeah probably not because they were in german sissy s-i-double-s-i maybe they've got it translated if you want to know what i'm talking about just watch it i mean they probably have it with um subtitles i'm fairly certain that this probably exists Um, sissy and there is this uncle or maybe it's a grandfather or something and he always says he doesn't hear well I think it's the husband of the queen mother which is then basically um, Sissy's mother-in-law and it's about the, I believe, the Austrian um, um, royal court. And Sissy was not a commoner, but she was some kind of maybe a duke. Her father was maybe a duke. You know, let's just leave it at that. I have no idea what the words are. And actually the prince was supposed to marry her elder sister. But, you know, chance had it that that sister met... Um, uh, wait. The younger sister met the prince first, and then the prince fell in love. And right, I mean, they kind of liked each other without knowing who they were. Well, and then the prince just made a choice for his heart, and he said, "You know, I'm gonna marry her instead." Everybody was like, "What?" Yeah, and then the queen mother was very strict, like a very strict person. But the queen father, I mean, that's just. That's a movie, right? I mean, there's a chance that it never happened like this. But that doesn't really matter. Because it's about the image that I'm trying to create. And so the husband of the queen mother, which was very strict, was more like a casual soft guy, if you will. And he always pretended that he cannot hear. So somebody said something and then he says, what was this? I didn't catch it. And then at one point, somebody says something. I think it was about if he wants to drink a beer or something. And then he suddenly gets it. And then his wife is like, oh, that you understood, right? So, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean... Nobody can do shit because he's the queen father, if you will. You know, it's like daddy in Shrek the Third. Um, basically, I mean, the frog king, if you will. And then Shrek and Fiona would be... And that's basically what happens in any family. Because what's a king? I mean, he's just the one who can 
boss others around. So if you are a father, well, that's your position, right? And then at one point, your children are going to marry and then you're going to become more relaxed about it because you've, you've done your job and, you know, who gives a shit? But I think there's also that certain point where you could still have a little bit of dignity about being a grandfather. Because if you just say, you know, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. What's going to happen in retirement when you don't have your work? It doesn't matter. It's just something I want to say. I like this old man. But I'm sure if you would live with him, he would infuriate you. If you would try to manipulate him. And that's basically who I am. If you're trying to fuck with me in the sense that you're trying to get me to do things for your own benefit. You know, that's your own choice. But, you know, I'm going to pick up on you and you're going to get shit for it. Because I'm very perceptive, and I'm very smart, and I'm very cunning, and I can bide my time, but believe me, when the time comes, I'm going to, you know, punch back in an energetic way. That's just the way I see it. I have a certain kind of aggressiveness to myself, and I've spent time with people who I was kind of sure actually wanted to harm me, or wanted to, you know, intimidate me. And the next time we met, for some reason, they shot, you know, they kind of cowered away. And it's hard to explain why they do this. Because I'm not super big in terms of physical size. But I seem to have some kind of, you know, power that I cannot explain that just seems to be there. And there's a certain respect that people give to me, which I also cannot explain. Um, but it seems to be there because I've encountered it numerous times that, you know, people become a little bit careful in my presence. And sometimes people are quite happy if I reach out to them again because they wouldn't do it. And then the question is, why wouldn't they do it? It's hard to say. Because they either don't care. Well, that doesn't count. Because, you know, they often make it sound like they would appreciate it if I would come round. So, I have a few incidental cues to what other people actually think about me. And have I have told several people already that I hear voices just to see what their response is because I cannot say if other people also hear voices and they're just afraid to say it or to admit it or if they just don't hear any voices if they just hear nothing because it's possible that you just don't hear any voices. Maybe you're trying to, but you're just not getting them. But it's hard to say. 
Maybe everybody hears voices, I'm just the only one that admits it. Because I'm literally, and that's the image I was actually trying to create, and maybe it's still being created. Just imagine you're standing outside in the forest, and let's say it's a very windy day. We'll just stick with the wind. And there's a voice calling out to you. And the one thing you must obey is you have to stay where you are, right? Let's just say it's not raining. Or maybe you're just inside. But it sounds like there's like a storm going on. You know, I've, I'm just destroying the image because it doesn't matter where you stand, right? You know, I'm never really standing in a forest wherever I am. You know, messages want to come through. And recently it even happened when there were people around. Actually, it happens all the time. And when something wants to get through, believe me, you cannot run away from it. You cannot run away from it. Because the pressure builds up. And until I've heard what ever the voice or voices are trying to tell me you know it's gonna nag on me it's gonna be like somebody holding a cold fish and slapping it into your face until you've accepted okay what is it you know just come through then it's really annoying and sometimes I hear people and I think I know who it is because I can sense the energy that is trying to communicate with me and sometimes I can even narrow it down to I think that's the kind of person where this is coming from but then I don't understand why like I can hear people from distant places and I can even look at what's happening to them to a certain degree and I can even, you know, transform it into art if I want. Which I sometimes do because if it's getting too much, I have to do something with the stuff that people are giving me. And then I just make art with it. And it's really hard to explain. You know, before I lose myself, I just want to check how this episode is called. Yeah. Every goal, another reset. Nice. That one I really like. Because I haven't had it as bad. But the clearer I've become, the more strong the necessity to be alone has also become. To sort out all these messages and to basically communicate on a spiritual energetic level with whatever beings are trying to communicate with me because I cannot say. And I've met other people that have said certain things, that said like, you know, that they communicate with spirits. And they tell them, you know, give them jobs. They say, you know, can you take care of this? You know, somebody's trying to kill me, for instance, right? You know, can you work with that? And I don't think everybody can do this. And sometimes I'm not quite sure. Sometimes I have the feeling, this story I told you with this guy who got so really angry 
over nothing, sometimes it feels like there are other beings involved. Right? Sometimes I have the feeling, and that's really weird, that it's like somehow my the energy of my father is in there. Because let's think about it. I've been telling my father quite a lot what I've been doing. Sometimes I tell him, you know, sometimes I sit with people on the street that you would probably call homeless people, but I think they have a home. But, you know, maybe these spirits don't even exist. You know, maybe it's just like a fairy. Sometimes I'm not quite sure, and that's quite a scary place, you know. If you listen to Don Juan's teachings that Carlos Castanena has apparently recorded, you know, he talks about that there are sometimes spirits that aren't really, you know, they're not really, they're not humans, but they look like humans. But you can actually tell them apart. And so it's hard to say what is what, to be honest. You know, I meet people and... In one way, they're like your father, an old man. And then you need meet the presence of somebody and you have the feeling somehow somebody's involved in there. But if you would go there and question them about it, they wouldn't know anything, of course. And then the question arises whether you've just talked yourself into, you know, giving a lot of credit to other people. Because I have the feeling that sometimes I do that, but I've also had experiences that showed me that there is a different level to people that they rarely show, and I seem to be able to see that. Only in which way they are conscious about what they're doing, I cannot tell. I think there's like a dormant side to everybody. And one reason possibly that I'm hearing voices is because I'm consuming certain substances. And which is probably why some people are afraid of these substances. Like for me, for example, chape is the thing, you know. I like it. If I would have money at the moment or funds available, whatever, I think I have money already. It just has to show itself, if you know what I mean. then Let's see it like this. I'm waiting for Chapi. I think that's a good way of putting it. 
I'm waiting for Rappé. I like it. I don't just want it for myself. But most people that I offer it to literally shit their pants. Which is an entirely different approach from what I took. Which was... Hey, you want Rappé? You know, that was like... One... One glass into the ayahuasca ceremony. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I immediately bought a Kuripe. And a bottle of Rappé. And I started working with it. And I never vomited. But what I did was... I... You know, it knocked me out so that I, I had to sleep a lot. Which is hard to explain if you've never done it. Or if you vomit when you take it. But some people, they simply say, you know, it's too much for me. I have to vomit. And then I think, well, then vomit. I mean, what's holding you back? If you have to vomit, then vomit. I mean, if you're so full of shit that Rappé is making you vomit, then vomit. You know, I never had to vomit. I, okay, I vomited once, but some people, you know, you shoot them into one nose or they shoot themselves and they immediately start like, Wah! and I don't know why, because why isn't it with me like this? When I do chape, it's completely different. I do it and I really, you know, I'm really longing for it. I'm looking forward to it. Sometimes I don't want to hear. Sometimes I pretend I'm not hearing. Because it's all so far away if you know what I mean. But it's also right here. And I've seen other people that didn't want to hear. That just kept drinking alcohol that just kept doing speed or something and they never got the message and then you're gone and it doesn't have to be that way if you know what I mean right what's spiritual enlightenment some people say other people are enlightened and these people are chain smokers like Trungpa Rinpoche which Ramdas talks a lot about 
And there is a documentary about him. I think it's called Crazy Wisdom. He also wrote a book with the same name. And when I listen to what he says and what other people say about him, I realize in a way that's me. Because I have the same kind of, you know, it's like kind of a crazy wisdom. I think he died at the age of 40. Was it because he was smoking? Maybe he just wanted to leave. Because there was nobody. There was nobody in his presence that, like, kept him there. That's how I feel like. But you could say, you know, I'm alone in my room and I feel okay. I even cherish these moments. But if I wouldn't record myself or do these other things, right, I would just get incredibly bored and then I would wither away and die. So I have to do something to earn my right to live in this world. And you feel like, or if you feel like you've been awakened to some kind of purpose, then it's your, you know, it's your, how do you want to say that? Then it's your job to push it through. And you have to do everything in your power to make it become a reality. But in a peaceful way, if you know what I mean. I mean, we're not trying to jeopardize the peace movement. We're trying to contribute to it. And that's why when these people, you know, that were trying to have a fight with me or get to me, for whatever reason, you know, I'll just stay away. And I just sit it out. But I also have the means to sit it out. You know, I've been given certain things that help me to do what I'm supposed to do. And my parents may act like, you know, you know, they just give me enough so that I can get by. So I also have to keep working. Because let's be honest, I have no idea. But I think if I would have, which I will have, a lot of money available, I'm quite firm in my beliefs, if you know what I mean. I believe also that I will simply keep going. And why do I say that? Because money for me is a tool that allows me or helps me to make certain experiences. But I also have the very deep desire to share everything. Which means when I have rapé, I'm always trying to get people also to take it with me, but maybe I have to understand that some people just don't want to do it or maybe it's not their time yet maybe they're waiting for something 
it's hard to say, right? And after feeling as long as I rely on other people, on my income, you know, they'll never really accept me because as long as they don't see that what I'm doing is working, you know, I'm just somebody who's speaking about things. So you also have to understand that if you lead quite like kind of a crazy life because you can do it then people also you know you're kind of uh, you're carrying the hope of a lot of people and there are a lot of people like me who never manage to grow out of their anger or transform it which probably isn't really their anger but simply anger and if you've listened to my content for a while then what you will understand is that anger is simply energy and so is fear and so is love and these words that we use to describe these different forms of energy is just a way of yeah judging them so if I feel hatred or fear, I know how to work with that. And I also know how to work with my heaviness, because right now I often still feel heavy. And I also still masturbate. And I still feel like I'm chewing on cloves, by the way, because, you know, I don't brush my teeth. And I feel like that's much better for them. But if I eat sugar, I have to also cleanse my teeth a little, so I chew on cloves. And right now, I also feel like making taking a break so that I can record these episodes, which is something that is important to me because I learned to kind of plan ahead. And so let's just check again what this episode is called. Every goal another reset. So every goal another reset. To me it's like yeah, that's how it is, right? I mean every time I reach a goal I feel like I also start from the beginning because when I reach a goal I manage to redefine myself I transitioned from somebody wanted to do something to somebody that did it and when I transition from somebody that wants to do something to someone that did it then you could say maybe the rules have changed or you no know, I build up enough energy, so I changed, which means that if I reach a certain goal, it helps me to continue. But it also means that when I reach a goal, there's already another goal ahead. And sometimes I reach a goal, 
and then I struggle to figure out what I have to do in order to continue. And today I had this point where I realized I have no more cannabis. And so I thought today I'm going to buy some. But the shop was closed. And so I just bought food instead. And it just helped me to keep going. And I also feel like if I would go to bed now and rest. You know, there's no rest for the wicked if you know what I mean. So in a way you could say I've been cursed. Because however much I would like to stop. I also realize that. I simply have to continue because my spirit simply seems to be that way. And I've tried to stop, but every time I get to the verge of stopping, I just get so angry that I simply continue. So what's that anger? Right? It's like also energy that other people give me. And that energy keeps building up and building up and building up. And you could say on a spiritual level, you know, people want me to be alive because I carry their hopes. And that means energy is flowing my way. And that means that if I stop transmuting energy or transforming it, then things are going to stand still. And that means that Every time I try to stop doing what I'm doing, you know, I just receive so much energy, which you may call blessings, it's hard to say, that it's driving me insane to do nothing. So I have to start moving. And then I spend my days trying to figure out whatever messages are trying to get through to me. And maybe you can understand what this means. It basically means that if you sit alone in your room and you get all these messages and you hear all these voices and you realize, you know, that's what I had. You know, I worked at the cinema. But the pressure was getting so intense. The pressure of there are things you have to do that I simply stopped going to work because I realized there are things that are more important than simply earning money. And so I started to make music again and to record content because this job is keeping me so occupied that all I can do is kind of hold on and push through. And now I forgot again how this episode is called. Every goal, another reset, that's it. So sometimes I just have to like take a moment to remember what my mission is. Right now it's recording this episode. But after this episode is done, I have to prepare to record the other episode. Because right now I have to record 51 episodes. And maybe it's going to be 52, but I haven't labeled 
episode number 52 yet. That's a weird, 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 because if I would go to my dad and I would tell him that I hear voices and stuff, like he would get worried. And we've already been there where he suggested to me, well, why don't you go and see a psychiatrist? And then I realized, like, like, why? Because if I go and speak to a psychiatrist, I would behave like I need help. But the truth is, I think it's other people that need help. And I realize I can help myself better than most people because I understand myself much better than anybody who thinks that he knows what's going on because he studied or he has a degree. And these degrees that I have, bachelors and masters and a Reiki thing, they basically mean nothing unless I also learn what these things are trying to teach me, which is... I mean, you pay to study and then you have a degree, but unless you really spend a lot of time deepening the knowledge you received through experiences and working hard, right? It's like, that's all it's ever going to be. So you can study environmental protection, but unless you keep learning and applying well you're gonna have a title but it won't really contribute and that's what I've seen a lot of people right they have a degree and then they or they have a car and then they think you know that's it you know I'm done basically you know I'm super cool now. I'm better than others. And that's why I despise credits. Because you go to the bank, you ask them for money, and then you buy something with it, whether it's a house or a car. But you'll only know what it means to have the car or the house when you actually paid it off. And until then, you basically belong to the system. And, well, the system, as I've said before, is more like a, an expression of fear. And it wants to maintain itself. So the question arises, for what do you want to work? Do you want to work for fear and for greed and exploitation? Or do you want to work for something else? Because if I work for the system, the way the system wants me to work for it, which is like paying tax, consuming, right? Just random things, watching commercials and then being manipulated into buying things because you think you need that now, right? I mean, a lot of people have action cameras and then they sell them again on these kind of second-hand platforms like eBay. 
Because they bought it, but they actually had no idea what to do with it. They thought, if I have an action cam, I'm going to have action. But unless you really know what to do with it, I mean, there's no point in buying it. Because what's the point of buying an action cam solely for yourself? I mean, there's people that buy these things and then they go on holiday and they film these things. But what do you do with it? I mean, if you film things, then you have to upload them otherwise why film them you know you're not going to film it and just watch it for yourself so you need a goal you need a purpose and if you have a purpose right you can set yourself smaller achievable goals I mean, any goal is achievable. So if your goal is to die, then, well, you may piss off enough people and one may give it to you. You know, my goal isn't really to die, it's to live. But I accept the fact that I am going to die. But I can have an impact on how that's going to happen to a certain degree, right? Just by following my feeling, is that what I want, right? And then you say, no. I think I want to be a father. So I have to sacrifice my death wish and just say, yeah, life is a drag, but I have the feeling that there are people that depend on me. And that's a feeling I have. You know, I can do more. I can do better. And if you haven't figured out it yet already, then, well, take the time. Ask the question. What is my purpose? And once you've asked that question, it's going to nag on you until you've found an answer. And so you have to look at your entire life and figure out what you're here to do. You know, what are my abilities? How can I contribute? What is this deep desire that I have? You know, one of my deepest desires is you know, to dance around the fire with people for healing. Kind of like a family, but in spiritual terms. But when I see it now, you know, it's like fog. You know, I see it as a feeling, as a vision. It's a place in myself. And maybe it's something I remember. And because I remember it, I can actually make choices that help me to contribute to it or manifest it even. But at this moment, it's really hard to say who these people are going to be. Because <laughs> everybody also has their own job to do. And I sometimes feel like my job is to bring it all together and to give people jobs on a spiritual level, simply by looking at what needs to be done, and then I'm telling it, you know, this is what you have to do. And I'm not really saying it to anybody. I just know that certain things have to happen. But everyone has to figure out for themselves what that is. And if I feel like you're pissing me off, I'm just going to keep you away. And if I feel like you're a bit confused, I may send you a message. Or I may just call you 
Or I may just knock at your door and say, you know, why are you sending me all that anger? And then you're going to act like, what do you mean? And then I'm going to say, well, just the way it is, man. Well, I haven't sent you any anger. Well, why do I feel it then? Because if you're holding on to anger, well, then maybe you understand why you have problems with chape, because chape is basically truth. It's like in your face, right? I think I just want to pause it for some time. Just give me a second. I'm just going to pause it. All right. For you, no time has passed. For me, I rested a little. And then I got bored because I cannot sleep. And I introduced to you the Olong tea. Well, this version... It's probably like the cheaper version called, yeah, whatever I said in the beginning. I cannot remember the name. And that's a problem that I have that I seem to exist. Something is drawing my attention. More incense. Jesus, man. I'm telling you, I mean, sure, sometimes I start talking and I really enjoy this. But I also learned that if I get too tired... I'm just taking a break. And right now I started talking again. Because I listened to a talk called... I'm just going to name it. Um, the Rosicrucian Science of Initiation. And that's spelled... So R-O-S-I and then Crucian signs of initiation. Anyway, I just did some laundry. It's now one o'clock in the morning. On the, I'm just going to let you know, 22nd of July. Which I still find insane in terms of pre-planning but that's how feeling works and what I was just trying to communicate is that maybe I have to drink some more tea it's Olong tea which is helping me to stay awake and do this, and which I find a little bit better for the night than... Um, possibly black tea and coffee. 
And somebody told me once that the Chinese were using oolong tea during wars and it helped them to stay awake, which gave them an advantage. But you can only do this for a certain amount of time. Right, if you've got energy to spend and you've got a mission and you know what to invest the energy in, it's a little bit easier to stay awake. And now I'm trying to get back to what I was trying to say, but I have the feeling it's still taking shape. So let me just speak to you from the place that I experience. Because when I try to talk about it, there's just nothing. If you know what I mean. I'm trying to think about what I'm supposed to talk about and then there's just nothing. But as soon as I start talking, something's coming out. And when I keep talking, more things are coming out. And then hopefully at some point, it's going to connect to some kind of meaning. Now, I have a very vague idea of what I talked about so far. But now that I sit here and think about it, it comes back. And that's why I sometimes basically need to listen to other masters, if you want to call them like this, because I'm more like a master of intuitive living, which means my feeling tells me to do something and then I'm doing it. I try to hold on to as little knowledge as I can because the idea that you are now a realized being and that you are super wise is kind of phony because when you think you're wise, it's very hard to take teachings from others. What I've learned is that there's always somebody that knows something that I may have no idea about. How they know it, I have no idea. I cannot even count on it that they would tell me what they know. And that's what I was trying to say about engaging with other beings such as, you know, family, sisters, brothers, friends, parents, or just strangers you meet on the streets, right? Sometimes people see you and they know something but that doesn't mean they will tell you what they know. I once had somebody come to me and say, you need to ground yourself. And that was at a party. I never met him. I saw him, I think, two times ever since. He looked like a completely random guy. And I had no idea, you know, he was going to say that to me. And he came to me and he said, you need to ground yourself. And I had no possibility to ask him what he meant with that. He just said it, he appeared, and then he disappeared. And I think that's what I'm sometimes doing with other people. The problem is that I talk quite a lot. Like he was kind of living in the shadows, and then he came to me and said something, and then he left. With me, it's a bit different, you know. When I meet people, I just hammer them with so much stuff... I have no idea what I'm saying, I'm just talking. 
And at a certain point, people try to distance themselves from me, which they usually manage. Because I'm trying to overload them. And I think a part of me tries to overload them to get rid of them. Right? Because some people, I have the feeling they want something from me. And then I'm giving it to them. And I just keep giving. And then at one point, I'm empty. And they're saturated. And then we have some time apart. And some people you will never meet again, probably, physically. And others may come back to you for more or simply to spend time with you because they like whatever you are. But what I was trying to say is that, you know, I'm kind of hanging in the air loosely because my most like my my practice is basically letting go. And the hardest thing to let go of is what you know. But then the question is, why am I holding on to the vision that I received? You could say, why am I not letting go of it? And why have I been given a vision in the first place? And I have had very clear visions during ayahuasca ceremonies. I also had very clear visions simply by hiking. Sometimes I have visions when I'm with others and then they say something and something bubbles up in me and it's like, wow, that's too much, man, stop. So it's not just that I'm doing it to others. It's also that others are doing it to me. Only I seem to be more, you know, I want to know. You know, I really want to know. So sometimes I want to spend time with people just to see what's going to happen. And the feeling that I have is that some people, they feel like they have enough at a certain point. And I feel like I just can't get enough. And maybe that's just a different stage. Maybe I am some kind of enlightened guru thing. Maybe I am, you know, the Buddha or the Brahman, Brahman. I cannot tell. Because nobody will say it to me. But there are people who seem to put a lot of value in me, who I am, and what I'm trying to do. And although they often try to talk me out of doing it, you know, once they understood why I'm doing it, to a certain degree, they certainly start to cheer me on. And I think that's the problem also with creating content in the internet. People think you just want money. And while money is certainly one of the driving factors that keeps me going, because it also holds a certain potential for an independent life, it also holds a lot of responsibility, right, to not get sucked into believing that, yeah, now you've got money, you're more than you were before. Because the only reason you received the money was because you did your work and then people started to, in that sense, worship you. Um, because that's what it is, right? People worship Amazon because they believe Amazon gives them great value. And because they believe Amazon is, you know, doing a good job. But when I look at Amazon, I think, I mean, on the outside, they look really good. But on the inside, it's a lot of shit. I mean, hear a lot of stories about Amazon just trashing 
a lot of the returns because it's too much. And then people just buy things to see whether they would like it. And when they realize, yeah, that wasn't it, they just send it back. Whereas for me, it's a little bit different because I realize that there is a cost involved when I order online. I make sure that when I buy something, I know what I want. And that means I'm also going to great length to distinguish, you know, what size of trousers would suit me. And then I make a decision and I order it. And okay, sometimes you just order two pairs and then you have to send one back. And that's simply what you have to accept. And I'm trying to not get sidetracked into simply talking about random things. But today when I was in this Asian, or yesterday when I was in this Asian Thai shop, you know, somebody gave me a Buddha figure, like a small 2-3 centimeter big Buddha figure. And I believe the reason they gave it to me was quite simple, because it's a very small shop, maybe 20-25 at the most square meters. And I like this shop, and the owner has changed. And I sometimes go there and I'm simply different in the way that I engage with people, right? And some people go in there and they see the shop and they see, you know, I have the right to receive service here because I'm a paying customer. So they think they can just do and say whatever they want. And as I was filling my basket with things that I find delicious... <laughs> or that I appreciate, such as coconut cream, like one liter of coconut cream, awesome. You, know, you can use it for all kinds of beverages. You can use it for coffee if you like. I prefer oat milk for that. Um, or recently the stevia sugar and cardamom. I also use it for curries, the, the coconut cream, I mean can use it for soups yeah you can use it for ice cream if you like and then I bought sweetened condensed milk what I said I mixed it with peanut butter and I just tried it it's amazing you know I froze it made ice cream out of it I put it into a little like empty yogurt it's not a jar it's like a yeah, it turns into kind of a cup, right? I mean, what is it in the end? You know, it's a plastic container, but small, maybe 150 milliliters, 200 at the most. And then I just put them in the freezer. So I use what I have, right? Other people would go and buy ice cream, you know, things for the freezer. And I simply use old yogurt uh, containers but I threw away the lid, so they have no lid, but that's okay for me because these things won't last that long. I have a knack for simply eating what I have instead of, you know, letting it like sit until it's rotten. So if I have coffee, I'll drink coffee. If I have weed, I'll smoke weed. And so sometimes I have no weed and then I cannot smoke it. Which is good, I think, that sometimes you simply don't smoke. 
And maybe that's the problem with the internet, that everything is so easily accessible. And at the moment, I'm only using mobile data, which may just stay that way, I'm not sure. And I have six gigabyte. And for this month, I already used it up. So I cannot post Instagram things. I cannot just watch YouTube videos, right? I cannot simply stream music or watch movies or listen to audiobooks. No, I have to download them. I have to go to a place where they've got Wi-Fi and I download them and then I can use them here. And what I realized is that when I simply sit down here and I talk about stuff and then I feel like something's missing and then I think about what could I listen to to give me something to talk about or to just boost me. Because I haven't actually said anything about what I just heard in this Rosicrucian thing. Um, in a way, it bores me because it actually means nothing to me or very little. Right? It's like they talk about, you know, there's like archangels and then there's this and that. And to me, it's a lot of blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I force myself to simply listen because apparently there's something to learn and they at least give meaning to it. And sometimes I feel like I need this. But the truth is, it's hard to say, right? What do I really need? I get annoyed by reading quite easily. I managed to finish the sixth Harry Potter again, probably for the tenth time. Certainly one of my favorite books. I'm looking forward to reading the seventh. I also quite like the fifth. I may even start at the first one, but maybe it would make more sense to simply read number seven and then start at one again. <laughs> I've also been rereading Harry Dresden. I have most of these books here, and I have a Kindle where I have also other things on. But there's already so much information coming my way, which is mostly emotionally based. I mean, I rarely get these things like, oh, wow, this is the energy of Archangel Raphael. People told me that Raphael, I believe, has green light, which is for healing, and you can call upon him. But to be honest, I rarely do any of these things. Like, my prayer is simply holding this meditative state of doing things consciously and focusing on what is rather than what might be or what else there could be. Sometimes I'm wondering, but when I sit here and I feel into it, I already know. And still, sometimes I simply like to see how other people see life. But the problem is that a lot of people that I'm listening to, they spend a lot of time reading these really smart things. And when I hear them, I can understand them. But there are a few things that I find so meaningful that I would remember them and repeat them to you. So if I hear things that they talk about, you know, I have the feeling, you know, it's all so obvious. 
But unless I'm hearing them or at least concerning myself with them, and sometimes it only takes five minutes of one of these audiobooks to give me an idea of what I may talk about. But then I also realize that's not really me. I think that's them, right? They read about stuff and then they find it nice. It's like a nice story. And then they relate it to others. But to me, I'd rather make experiences and talk about what I feel and concern myself with my emotions because that's what I can talk about all the time. And it's very hard to relate to stories about archangels because it's so far away. And that's why I have a problem, or I sometimes think I have a problem, because I simply have no motivation to hold on to these stories and sometimes I have to really really strain myself to remember what somebody else has said and sometimes I listen to somebody and they're talking and from a certain point on I'm simply losing track of what's going on right some suddenly I'm just gone or a message comes through and I'm simply not listening anymore and sometimes I'm having a conversation with someone and they're trying to communicate something. But the truth is that I, I already know what they're trying to say, but they think I don't. And then they keep talking and talking and talking and they make this whole kind of argument. And every time I say something, they say, no, that's not like this. And I'm like, man, you've already said it. I mean, as soon as you opened your mouth, I knew what you were trying to say. But you're just lacking the words to properly communicate it. And then I sit there and then I'm trying to communicate. And they don't get it or they're rejecting it because they think I cannot understand them. Right? I was once with this... Yeah, I'm just going to keep calling him a friend. Because he taught me a lot about nature and hiking and this kind of stuff. And... His history was about his father and he had cancer and but he you know he kept on living but he had he couldn't really move by himself anymore so he needed a lot of care and that's the way he grew up right with a father that was in need for help which is something I never experienced you know I get that and when he was trying to explain it and I was trying to tell him, you know, why don't you just accept it? You know, sometimes there was a holiday and he said, yeah, I cannot join because I have to be with my family. And then I said, but cannot somebody else take care of them? And he said, you don't understand. And he probably was right. But I think on a certain way, I did understand because he didn't have to be there. And the thing was that if he would have just said, you know, I just have to help there. But sometimes I had the feeling he was feeling like he had to do it. And maybe to me that sounded like, you know, he's enslaving himself. And maybe now I start to understand it because I started to realize that there are people in my life that I feel like I owe it to them to give them something back. 
So my father had like three, if you want to call it like this, strokes where his spirit basically left his body for some time and nobody knew what was going on, but I did, but nobody would understand it. And when I would tell them, they would just reject it. But I knew what was going on. And there was a moment which was very strange and my father had this kind of a stroke and my mother came because I lived with them and she called me and I went into the, she said, there's something, you know, strange with your father. And I went into the bedroom and he was lying there and there was like saliva and blood coming out of his mouth and he was it looked like he was sleeping but he was like breathing really deeply and snoring really loud and he was just lying there and then I tried to get in contact with him and one time I had um, Paulo Santo which I actually burned put it so that he would breathe it in and I was just maybe my presence was already enough I don't know I don't want to take too much credit to what is happening around me I just know that there's a lot of things happening and that I seem to be fairly conscious of the origin of these things and then when you hear people like Alan Watts talking about what a shaman does or Terence McKenna what a shaman does well, they communicate with spirits and they know certain things. You know, the way they said it was, you know, he's the guy who knows who stole the chicken or who had sex with who. Now, the question is always, do other people also know these things and simply keep it, simply keep it to themselves or just try to look away from them? It's hard to say. But what happened was, you know, I said, you know, call the ambulance because there's only so much I can do. And I think it was also in my father's interest to do so, because that's the way they live their life, right? And they don't trust me enough with the spiritual stuff, I believe. Or at least they didn't. Maybe now they do. It's hard to say. But I was there. I was holding the room. And, you know... People were anxious, but not really crying. And sometimes I was at ceremonies. And later I heard that somebody said, you know, Christopher really helped me. But the truth is, all I did was sit there and meditate. I mean, sit in a lotus posture. I mean, not really the lotus seat, but just cross-legged for about maybe an hour or two. It's hard to say. And I was just holding the room because my feeling told me, do it. And everybody else was lying down. And then later I heard somebody said, you know, he really helped me. And then the guide was said to, said, oh yeah, really? And that's a very weird place because I'm just doing what I feel like doing. And partly I'm also doing it for myself because I want to learn. And that sometimes seems to be enough to give people hope or to motivate people to also do it. And that's probably also what I'm trying to do with my work. And what I realized is that simply talking about, you know, gods and angels and demons and all this like, you know, you can talk about manifestation and you can, you can read hundreds of books about manifestation without ever applying what they're trying to teach you because if you want to know how a manifestation works 
basically all you need is maybe one book that interests you and you start reading it and you probably won't even have to read the whole book. You simply read until you no longer feel like reading it, right? I always have a certain point in a book and I'm talking about books of knowledge. When I read them, and any book can be a book of knowledge if you know how to see truth or discover truth because while reading you simply reflect upon what you're reading and you envision whatever you know if Ginny says something to Harry there's a meaning for me specifically with my background and I like reading these books because it's a kind of a loose way of getting knowledge but what you won't get from this is you know all this like all these spiritual terms I mean you probably won't read about manifestation in Harry Potter. And then if you read Think and Grow Rich, right, you will learn a bit more about it. And I've read that book. Yeah, I'm not sure if I don't. I never read it completely, I think. But I read parts of it and that was enough. And then I realized, okay, you know, what you have to do is simply manifest. So the way I do it is I only take enough information that I know how to start and then I make experiences and that will teach me the rest of it. Because if I keep reading about what other people are saying, I also have to consider that some of these people wrote books simply because they read books. You know, I know a lot of people that write books because they read books. And then you can write a book and it's... All it's going to be is a summary of what other people have said, which means that, you know, there's nothing really new in it. Sure, there's always a part of you, but you know what I mean. If you read a book and then you make experiences and then you start talking about it, that's a complete different thing. Because now you can back up whatever you read, you know, with your own words. So anybody can have a podcast, but... Without experiences, you're going to run out of things to say pretty quickly. And that's why what I'm always doing in my work is simply telling people, listen, I have emotions as well. I have things that bother me. This is how I deal with them. So this is like something everybody can probably relate to, to a certain degree, right? I have emotions. I feel things. This is how I deal with them. This is how I engage with my lack of motivation. You know, I find things that motivate me. And that means you have to sort out a lot of things before you find what you like. And at the moment, you know, I can do crochet. But already thinking about it shows me that I have no interest at the moment. You know, I have a couple of hats. Okay, there is one hat that I would like to make and I think I will start with it sooner or later. But generally, yeah, I think that's a good idea actually. I already have some colors out. I will look through my colors, you know, like through the wool once more. But the point is, I have no real interest in all this fancy knowledge. And there's like this 
Yeah, I just keep saying, like, who cares? You know, from Joseph Campbell, I released it on YouTube, but it's also there already anyway, so you don't need me to have it. But it's called The Power of Myth. Yeah, like I said, it's also on YouTube, on my channel, and there's some video, and you can watch it. It's, I cut it together at six hours. When I downloaded it, this was six singular episodes, and I simply put them together into one long one, because I like long audiobooks. So I can simply keep getting back to it and listening to it whenever I feel like it. And that's, for instance, something I like much more when they talk about heroes, because that's something that seems to have great meaning to me. And one thing that showed me that, you know, the question of what is a hero was also um, accompanying me throughout my life. I was always fascinated by hero figures in anime, Princess Mononoke, Naruto, Dragon Ball, One Piece, Soul Eater, you know, um, Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood, I think that's the one I watched. The other one seemed just a little bit too dark. You know, there's this episode where this guy transmutes his daughter together with the dog into some kind of new form of being and that made me so sick that I switched to the other one and there's actually also I released my anime list anime list on my anime list there's my anime list under the username o big o underscore l a f if you're interested um, it's fairly accurate, like most anime I watch are in there. And there are also a number of a bit dark but really nice cartoons like The Lost Unicorn, Felide, like the Latin word for cat, and also Watership Down. I'm still trying to get myself to read the book. I was trying to make an audiobook out of it, but I got pissed along the way and it's like, yeah, who actually gives a shit? You know, I'm not really an audiobook recorder. I like reading in a way, but what I like is simply talking. Plus, there's always this problem when you use other people's media that or other people's thoughts or ideas or just what they created, creations in general. Yeah, you never know if they will claim copyright things or something. But I think if you use these old kind of things, it's all right. I mean, everybody keeps reposting Terrence McKenna talks. And maybe they are being taken down regularly, who's to say. I think it's kind of stupid because... I mean, what they said should be open to be used for anyone. And maybe if you don't monetize it, it's all right. You know, I'll just see. 
uh, most of my content is myself anyway. And I like to keep it that way. But I cannot be asked to always make everything myself. So sometimes I just need help. And then I just want something to talk about. And then I listen to five minutes of the Rosicrucian Science of Initiation, which sounds really fancy. But it's so hypothetical. It's so theoretical. And that has nothing to do with my day-to-day life, which is, you know, this is me, this is my leg, right? This is a carpet. You know, I have to do the laundry. I often feel like people who think a lot about angels and stuff, it's kind of an escape. Because I'm an angel, I'm a demon. I mean, it's all in myself, right? So if I talk about Archangel Michael... You know, there's a part of me probably that's like this. But I also have to accept that if you're trying to be too much like an archangel, you're probably going to turn into some kind of other thing, which you then may label, you know, the devil or something. So, sure, I hear voices. And I often think it's other beings like me. And I still have trouble to understand what I am. I film myself. And then I see myself. But when I'm walking around, I'm actually a feeling. So unless I look into a mirror, which is often the representation of all my insecurities, right? As soon as I look into the mirror, there's this kind of... It's a little bit like condescending. So I have no mirrors in my home. But there is one in the hallway. And sometimes just before I leave, you know, I feel good, right? I wear a hat or a cap. I just pick clothes that I like and I feel good. And then I go out and I look into the mirror and, you know, I'm looking for something. Because I'm always looking for something that you can improve. And then, but it makes no sense to simply improve things the physical plane either so there is this ether (laughs) which is probably the void which is probably the ocean of energy where beings swim through such as i and such as you and we're still trying to figure out who we are and what we're supposed to do and i cannot tell you whether you know it has to do with karma i cannot tell you whether i just sprang into existence with the information that I have, you know, it could be that every moment I simply spring into existence and here I am, you know, what am I supposed to do now? And that's basically every time I close my eyes, I wake up and I have to figure out, you know, what's the next step. And if you look at it from my perspective, and sure, I have people telling me I shouldn't say that I have no money, but the fact is I have no money. And maybe they say that because they're afraid that I will never have money. Because maybe they think, oh yeah, if he's going to have money, he's going to give me some. Yeah, I have no idea, man. I'm not even sure if I should be trusted with money. You know, I also have the feeling I don't even want money. And here I am doing everything to get money. Because part of my vision was accumulating money. And... I have no real interest in doing anything, but I'm still doing it. 
You know, I have this kind of I don't give a shit mentality, but everything I'm doing is actually the opposite. And now things are coming together again because I was listening to Joseph Campbell. Oh, I forgot it again. This is so crazy. I always think it's the cosmology of myth. And I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I just looked at it. And I told you. And now I, I'm trying to think about it. I have no idea. You know, every day I look on my YouTube channel. If I have released a new video because I actually forgot when I released them. And what I actually did, you know, I vaguely remember, but I basically forget everything. And then I look at it and, oh yeah, that's what I did. And that's the same with people, right? I mean, I remember energies. I remember energy, how they feel. But when I try to remember how somebody looks from a distance, to me it's impossible. Because I have no idea how they changed in the meantime, right? Maybe their hair grew Maybe they've got a beard or they shaved it or they're full of tattoos or they, you know, got more fat. Because what you see as this physical expression, which is then the manifestation, is basic, basically the emotional state of someone. And so if somebody looks like dirty or unclean, he's holding on to a lot of negative stuff. You know, old energy. And sure, I mean, I live my life and sometimes I have no idea what's real. You know, when I'm here in this room, I can feel and see a lot. And I'm still trying to figure out how to focus on certain things. But what I'm seeing is often very unclear, right? I can see people from a distance... And sometimes I can even communicate to them. Or, like I said, I transform it with my art. But sometimes I also would like to... Right? It's like you're in love with a woman. But she's somewhere else and you have no contact whatsoever. I mean, I've been going on about this at great length. So you basically know what I'm talking about. Potentially. And she's like so far away, but sometimes I feel like I can see her and the way she feels. And that's why I know sometimes if something is really important to me, I just act like I don't give a shit. But secretly I'm conspiring to have it anyway, right? It's like there's always this bit of hope. Well, maybe, right? Maybe it's possible and I think that's what she's doing. And it's driving me insane because sometimes these kind of messages come through and I'm hoping, right? I'm always hoping for tomorrow, right? Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow she's going to contact me or suddenly she's just there or my bell rings and I, you know, answer and it's her. But the truth is that nothing's happening, Right? Like, on an emotional level, things are happening, and I feel how I'm changing, but on the physical realm, in terms of, let's say, money, let's say, this woman, nothing is happening. 
And I've been doing this for an eternity already. I mean, if you do mushrooms one time, it's like a lifetime. Right? I mean, a day can be a lifetime. And so all I'm doing is I'm basically passing the time. And I'm keeping myself occupied so that I feel like I'm at least moving on somehow. And so, yeah, I mean... Unless I really feel like talking about things like Lucifer... I mean, there is stuff that people tell me, and I do remember it, you know, Lucifer is the light bringer. And then you can ask yourself, why are they demonizing him then? Like, why is the church demonizing Lucifer? Because anybody who looks at the church can say that they're like power-hungry maniacs. But are they really, right? Say, can I demonize them? How much of the church is actually bad? And was it actually bad that they... How do you call this? When they went around and they basically burned, you know, burned witches and tortured people, you know, the dark ages or whatever. You know, is that something bad that happened or was it necessary? Maybe they had a reason to do so. And maybe they simply wanted to control people, and that's why they got afraid, and this is basically what makes the most sense, because if you look at the state, you know, they certainly try to control people into buying things and investing their whole being and their whole purpose into maintaining the state. And if you try to do something against that, they're going to attack you, sure, It's like self-maintenance. But at the same time, right, Terence McKenna often said he always thought that, you know, they would somehow attack him or arrest him. But nothing ever happened. And he said, you know, I think that's just the way it is, right? Because they have to accept that there are people these days, right? The way it sounds like when you listen to what happened in the Dark Ages, I mean, they were just coming after anyone who was kind of like spiritually connected with nature or making visions or having visions or being able to create remedies, simply plant-based remedies. And then the system started to take hold and then, yeah, they come with shit like vaccinations, which is basically rape. You know, we're going to force you to take the vaccination by restricting you in your freedom to such a degree that you will want to take it. And then we're going to make money with this. I mean, I recently heard somebody told me that for every test, you know, these companies got like, I don't know, let's say 15 euros per test that somebody took. Yeah, sure, they were advertising tests. And people had to test themselves. And that's what I criticize. Forcing people to do it. But then the question is, how much can you force me? You know, I have family. All right, I get that. You know, I have a job. All right, I get that. And now the government is coming and says, yeah, if you don't vaccinate or test yourself, you know, you have to stay at home or something. Or... 
you know, it wasn't really the government that said it like, but this was like the people actually that were doing it. And that's the crazy thing. And then in the end, they blame it on the state, but it was the people's choice to follow these orders, to go and get vaccinated, to go and get tested. And now it's all over. They're all pissed that they did it because there were people that simply said, you know, fuck it, you know, such as I. I think I got tested twice and then I said, I'm not going to do it again. You know, I once got tested because I wanted to go to the sauna and then I realized, you know, fuck this. It's dishonest. I don't want to go to the sauna for the test, right? Because it's stupid. Yeah, and so things continue and continue and continue and I mean it's a challenge yeah and I at the moment you know I say I think it's gonna sort itself out people are kind of pissed I've already said my bit about corona you know it's everywhere in my books in my podcast I kept it away from YouTube because I know how control freaky they are with this topic because they're also just sucking balls which is why I really appreciate this podcast although I liked it much better when I could release episodes in high quality But yeah, maybe there's a point to it. To just release it as an MP3 at 160 kilobyte per second instead of as a WAV, the WAV file. Because probably, yeah, people won't really notice the difference. And then it uses up less energy. Which is also why I stopped releasing 4K videos because the amount of time it takes to render a 4K video is insane. Because if you record videos in 4K in an action cam, it's going to be split into parts, right? And then you have like four parts in 4K and if you want to render that, it's going to take a lot of time. But if I render a video at 15 frames per second, that was recorded with 30 frames per second, sure, then the video is going to look a bit like slow-mo or a bit like hacky. It's not as fluid. But... Sometimes I feel it's alright. Because I'm not at home, right? I mean, I have no Wi-Fi here, which means I at the moment have 15 videos that I have to upload. And that's like 30 gigabyte. And if you go to someone else to upload it, you know, I can't just let it run through the night here. And if I go to someone to use Wi-Fi, then I want that I can upload as much as I can 
in a short period of time, which is why, right, no 4K and no 30 frames per second because I have to go for, you know, speed. And, well, that's basically it. So also, I rendered a video and I applied some filters, like some fairly easy filters, and it had 18 gigabyte in the end, which stopped the rendering because I was running out of space, and then I did it again without the filters. Well, actually, I deleted the files, but if I would have just rendered it like this, it probably would have had 2 gigabyte. And that's quite a difference. I actually have no idea why it was so huge. 18 is like, wow. So, right? What I realize is that actually I feel good. Also being alone, I actually feel good. I know what to do and how to do it. The only thing that bothers me is that I'm quite dependent on others and that others also in a way make use of it but then again you know if you like the people just let them use you a little and then they may appreciate it um, all right and this is how I fight right this is always what comes up you know if you feel shit do something figure it out and sometimes you simply haven't done enough yet right if you lie lay in bed and you feel like you're going to go insane you can simply try to wait till it's over or you figure out okay what could i do now do i want to eat do i want to draw something maybe i want to write something maybe i want to do crochet maybe i want to I don't know, right? Because simply consuming content to me isn't really it. I have to do something. And I've already spent hours listening to people like Ramdas, and now I feel like I can listen very little to anyone. But there are also times for listening, and then there are times for talking, and then there are times for writing, and then there are times for sleeping a lot. And then there are times for smoking, and then there are times for coffee, and then there are times for tea, and then there are times for, you know, bread, and then there are still times for gluten sometimes, but I'm really trying to stay away from it, which is why I make my bread with maize flour or corn flour and, uh, like, not starch, right? You Like, what you use for polenta. But there are different grades of fine. <laughs> it's like coarse, ground corn flour and there's like fine ground coarse corn flour and then there's also uh, gram flour which is chickpea flour and I use that together with bicarbonate of soda to make bread and when you mix it with banana you can also turn it into pancakes or into bread because banana makes it a bit more you know, you can replace an egg with a banana. It's not the same, but, you know, it works. 
And that's what I have at the moment. That's what I realized, right? It's not, you know, I don't have to eat the bread from a supermarket. I can simply make my own. And that gives me something to do, which is what I want to do. So when you ask yourself, you know, what's my purpose in life? You know, just keep doing things. Whatever it is, right? You want to make bread, make bread. I mean, learn how to cook. That's the best skill you can have, my friend. And you can have spiritual insight simply by cooking. And then your goal could be, right, to cook for people at one point. But if you have no desire at all to cook and you rather want to eat with other people, well, then do that. You know, I really enjoy eating my own food. And I've also spent hours honing these skills, just as I have spent hours talking. And at one point you just think, you know, why should I go and work for somebody else if I'm doing a fairly good job, you know, working by myself, which is actually what I want. Because people that give me orders kind of piss me off. And so... Sure, man, I appreciated that this friend gave me the keys to his place and said, you know, knock yourself out. But at the same time, I see no real need to go there all the time on my own. Because it's not my place. Because it's what he's trying to manifest. It's not what I'm trying to manifest. No, it's his dream. You know, my dream is quite vague, right? My dream doesn't have this this one place, you know. This is what you have to do now. My dream is, you know, what is the Love Our Children Foundation? It's hard to say. I have no idea. And when I think about money and when I think about, you know, let's just name it like millions of euros, it's overwhelming, And I don't think, you know, sometimes it's just too much. And I realize I would need help. You know, I would like need a treasurer or something, you know, somebody that. But you can't just give money to anyone. There's barely any people that I would trust enough with this money. So probably it's better to simply learn how to deal with it myself and then find ways. And sure, in the beginning, I'm going to shit my pants, you know. You go to somebody as an investor. And then you think, I think these people, you know, could do with some money. And then you give it to them. But how do you know that they're going to put it to good use? Well, you have to first probably spend time with them or at least look at them and see what they're really doing. And then talk with them, you know, have conversations. You know, it's like with that. I think he's a friend, right? What he said, you know, he says we and then he says I. I'm like, wasn't it a we just like 10 minutes ago? Oh, what did I say? Yeah, you said I. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some kind of hidden meaning in this. And that makes me doubt this a little bit because he doesn't even realize it. And maybe that's what my purpose is to remind people that they need others to do what they're doing. You know, you may pride yourself how good you are at your job and then people worship you for it. But you also have to realize that the only reason that you're good at your job is 
because you've made experiences throughout your life and because your parents raised you and you got taught by your siblings in a way, right? Everybody teaches you something. And then we think, you know, ah, it's only me. And that's certainly something that comes from smoking cannabis and ingesting, you know, substances like sugar and caffeine. You know, they turn you into this kind of super ego asshole. You know, that thing, thinks it's only me and, you know, it's just greed. I kind of hate that. But I also kind of worship greed, right? I mean, I just bought Japanese mochi, M-O-C-H-I, you know, with sesame paste inside. And then you have this stick, stick, stick rice, sticky rice, I think it's called. And then on the outside, there's also sesame. And it's all I can do to simply not just eat it but to maybe keep it for some time for some special occasion. And then you think, well, what's a special occasion? Well, sometimes I would like to simply have it in case I may have some visitors, which in a way I'm trying to avoid, but maybe I could invite someone, but then I don't know who. And then I think... You know, if I invite people here, I will probably feel like I have to clean my room from their presence again. <laughs> because now I've established, you know, this is my cave, right? I've worked hard to get this. And then you can say, yeah, sure, right? Your parents are paying your apartment. But on a spiritual level, you know, I've paid them back plenty I mean, you have no idea what kind of shit I've gone through emotionally, which is also the reason, I mean, I've told you what happened with my family and then my father came and said, I'm going to pay you an apartment. I mean, he felt like that's the right thing to do. He could have also simply thrown me out, but I mean, I've taken basically a beating for my brother so that he could get rid of his anger and that's why I have this apartment now. So sometimes I simply keep the peace in check. Which is an intense kind of job. And I give people stability simply because I'm reluctant to kill myself, if you will. But on a spiritual level, I feel like I'm constantly killing myself. Right? To get the job done I mean it's half past one in the morning and I sit here and I record an episode that's it right and then I do get these messages you know your podcast is more important than you think and I think yeah it might be right I don't know I mean how would I know it in terms of statistics nobody is listening to this I mean, literally nobody. I have all the episodes on my hard drive, but that's always like a fickle thing, right? You never know. Is it going to last? But I think it will. These things are quite sturdy, unless you drop them. And I'm quite careful with this one now. 
Yes, so I just drank some oolong tea. It was really dark. So... Yeah. I basically just do what I feel like. And I feel like, to me, reading Harry Potter is much nicer than... Reading... Freud or something, you know, some people liked reading Freud and they can read this for hours and if I would start reading Freud, I would probably like <laughs> I rather read Harry Potter because I like to be a bit stupid about certain things because I also think if I have the intention to create the Love Our Children Foundation and I align my actions according to that goal or according to the goal of maybe... Yeah, I'm not so sure about this anymore, to be honest. You know, I thought I had this goal of being a father, but when I'm now, all I can say is I have the goal that whatever I'm doing, you know, I'm just trying to raise awareness. I'm not a saint, I'm also not an asshole, mostly. You know, I have some kind of purpose. And I feel like I have changed tremendously since my youth by figuring out how to lead a better life and how to set boundaries. And I never knew that my parents would pay me an apartment. I thought I would earn money and then rent my own apartment. And then suddenly, I'm in an apartment that's being given to me, and I simply see it as community service, because I know what I'm doing, and I see value in what I'm doing. And people start to feel that there is value in my work, and most of these people are the people that I have made experiences with. And so I had to prove myself first, if you know what I mean. I mean, they already saw potential, but a lot of people have potential, but then they get consumed by anger, or their job is to be somewhere else. And then suddenly comes this guy, Christopher, and he has Instagram full, and he has numerous albums and numerous books, and a YouTube channel full and an account on Medium that says this account is under investigation <laughs> and a bit of stuff on TikTok and they're like, who is this guy? I mean, who the fuck is this guy? You know, that's what I'm hoping for, right? That people are actually asking questions. But yeah, 101 subscribers. I know it can change any time, any day. Um, I always wish it's now and then I check and it isn't and then I think if I wouldn't have checked you know maybe it would have come by itself and then I think yeah but why you know I don't think I have such an effect on what is happening around me as I think you know and that's why also in a way yeah sure I keep watching at porn images and I keep masturbating and maybe I just want to see if 
I can actually stop what is happening from happening. And sometimes there's this voice that says, if you would stop now, it would still happen. But maybe not in your lifetime, right? It's hard to say. Plus, I would go insane if I would stop now. Right? I have to continue because the energy is flowing. And if you want money from people, you also have to give them something. And if people would buy my books and read them, then energy would come my way, right? And I have to transform it. it may sound weird, but that's how I've done it now. And that also means that the energetic potential, you know, when I am here in this city, I'm raising the whole city with me. Because it's not just attention for myself, it's also attention for Lüdenscheid. What is this place? Who is this guy? I mean, basically nobody knew of Lüdenscheid. And there's probably still few people that know of it. But if there's somebody creating content there, then at least there's a bit of awareness coming that way. And that's what I'm also aiming for in a way, because I realize I think this city could do with some tourists. Whatever value they find here, it's hard to say, but you know, if we want to save the forests here, we need tourism that you know brings money into the city. But I also realize that if you look at Amsterdam, Tourism can also defile a city. So do you really want that? And then the answer is, you know, do I really care? I mean, what's my purpose? Creating space for children. And I think money is flowing wherever it's flowing. And that's, I think, the beautiful thing. I don't really have to think about all these things too much. I simply have to do what I feel like and then accept whatever comes my way. And I may have feelings about women, but in the end, they mean nothing to me. And that's simply the way it is. And then I think I really don't give a shit anymore. Because they all were disappointments, all of them. They were all disappointments. You know, they looked so pretty and they were sparkling and then you went there and then... It was all a bunch of hot air. Or just like, I want to be a princess. Yeah. And in the end, they were just bullshit. You know, they were screaming at me, punching my chest. You know, they stopped contacting me, all of them, simply because I'm the way that I am. And then, sure, I mean, I look at women, they're nice, they're soft. But, you know, even the prospect of being with a woman at the moment is so far away. You know, sometimes I have a feeling maybe 10 years. I think 10 years from now, maybe, right? Maybe I'll meet a woman that has the balls to say, I want you to be my man. But from this point here, I mean, whatever woman would come here would really have to know that she wants this because I would reject her. I would just do it. 
simply because, you know, fuck you. Why are you here? You know, leave. You know, what do you want? And then this woman would really have to be convincing that she wants this. So she probably had, would have to know how to shut me up. And I cannot see anyone who knows how to do this, to be honest. Because in the end, maybe I always had the last word. Because I simply know, right? If you come to me and you have weird intentions, I'm going to figure it out. And you're going to leave. Because I'm going to confront you with that truth and you're going to start crying and then you're going to run away. Oh yeah, cheers, right? And that's all that is then. Cheers. Right? And so, does it have to be so bad to lead a lonely life and to be alone? I think not. And as much as I would like to cling to the hope that there is a woman somewhere, I simply say, fuck it. I don't give a shit anymore about women. I don't give a shit anymore about women. Because they're all bullshit. That's what I think. All the women that I met, they're just bullshit. They just wanted me to do all the work while they wanted to be these little princesses, right? Because they've been raised by mothers or fathers that just told them all the time how good they are and how pretty they are. And that's why I think, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Right? It's either that... Or you're constantly being told that you're fat, that you're lazy, that you're wrong, that you should do different. But then I also have a kind of a taste, right? There are things that I find attractive and there are things I find less attractive. And I realize, you know, I do like looking at very curvy women with like nice breasts. But when I imagine... Being with a woman, I think I'd rather be with a woman that has a bit like smaller breasts. For whatever reason. That's always what I preferred. I never had like a lot of taste for big breasts. You know, I like looking at them and it's nice to see a boob job, boob job that's well done. But, you know... Then I think, like, what's getting, you know, what's a woman getting out of it? You know, I once had a boob job with a woman that had small breasts. And I really enjoyed it. I was in charge. I think she was kind of on her back and we used oil. And that was quite nice. And then there was one that had bigger breasts and she was doing it. And I thought, you know, you should have just let me do it. Because you should have used oil. And you also should be able to take your time, right? I had that once with a woman. And I think we told ourselves that that wasn't it. And that's the really weird part. You know, the only woman where I thought she could have been it 
just doesn't fit. Maybe that's the problem, right? If you try to judge something as something without being able to see it, because ultimately it's very hard to tell from a difference what somebody will be in your life. Because I have no idea what to expect, to be honest. Because something is coming my way. But I've been saying that for years to peers. And I'm still here, alone. But in an apartment. Right? It's like, whatever. <laughs> you know, try not to judge. You know, is this good? Is this bad? I have an apartment. What? You know, what the heck? It's like super weird. I'm working for a goal that nobody can see but me, right? You know, I'm working for something and I'm trying to make it a reality and I have no idea whether, you know, this is going to happen in two years, in ten years, in five months or tomorrow, right? Maybe tomorrow I check my emails like, boom, do you want to do an interview, right? Do you, you know, who are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. I have seen that you have a lot of content. Would you like to appear on our show? You know, these things may appear tomorrow and they may appear in 20 years. I cannot say. I cannot say. It's so weird, man. And each day is still the same. Like, it's just all kind of blending into each other and that's what brings me back to Avatar. It's like field stripping a weapon, repetition, repetition, repetition. And that's go you know, the same for living, you know, you have to keep living a conscious life so that you pick up on the fine differences that turn a day into something nice or into a horror show. So if I keep going into the city at night or I just talk to random people that I see and I judge as phony or whatever. Yeah, I may get punched in the face for it. And then I have to ask myself the question, is that the kind of life that I wanted to manifest? And then I realize, no, because it's too stressful. You know, because I know it can be different. And so I'm making the choices that bring me back to this happy family kind of place. Where I realize, you know, if a woman would come and we would have children... It would or could actually be nice. And I would know how to deal with myself. And I also would know how to deal with her. And so, you know, every goal, another reset, right? If the day should come that a woman would contact me or come into my presence and kind of make sweet love to me, that is certainly a reset. Because now I know how to live on my own in a way. In a way, right? I've said that. But I have no idea how it would be like if somebody else would be here. How would it be? I mean, it would be kind of weird, right? You know, she'd probably just want to have sex all the time. That's what I would like. Because I want to have sex a lot. I I just want to stay in bed and cuddle. And that's maybe also why I'm so eager... (laughs) (laughs) to produce all this content so that when it comes to me actually being with a woman that I also have the time, right? 
Because if I then have to stay up all night and record episodes, there won't be as much time that I can spend with her doing, let's say, healing sessions. Because that's also what it is, right? So it's also important that you learn how to be gentle with yourself and then also learn how to be gentle with others. And generally, when you learn how to be gentle with yourself, you will also learn to be gentle with others. So you see, I, I am planning. But if I tell people why I'm doing what I'm doing, they're like, yeah, it's not working. You know, or how much money are you earning? Or are you earning already money? And then you say, well, I've started, right? You know, occasionally, it's like a couple of euros dripping in. And then you ask, could I have earned more money if I would have stopped masturbating altogether? But then, you know, when I masturbate, I usually have a reason, right? Because I'm trying to push through something or I'm trying to make a painting or maybe I'm just trying to sleep or I want to relax. And then I realize I think I'm a sexual being. And I think it's better to just masturbate once in a while than to just walk around like a fully charged bull, right? Trying to take everyone out. And I can only channel so much energy. At one point, I just want to get rid of it. And that always says, give it all to me. Yeah, but me is not here. I mean, if you have a lot of energy, sure, you can give it to your woman. And she'll feel incredible bliss. But where is she? I mean, I'm also craving for things, right? I also have needs. You know, I want to touch a woman. I want to taste her. I want to lick her. I want to have sex. And I know that I want these things and that they're nice. But they're also so far away, I actually forgot what it's like. I literally forgot what it's like. You know, when I look at images or porn, I can remember. But it's so far away that it's hard to say, right? All I remember is that it's nice and that I liked it. But I also never had it in this kind of way that I feel like it's going to stay, right? Every time I was with a woman, I had a feeling... This won't last for whatever reason, because it was horrible or because, you know, I was in Africa and you knew they would leave in three months. So you could cherish the time you had together, but that was it then. And then sometimes I wish, well, maybe this one is going to come back to me. Well, it's possible but it seems unlikely. But at this stage, to be honest, I have no idea. It could be anyone. And as much as I try to be stubborn, I think any woman that would contact me now, you know, it's hard to say. Because I also cling to the one that I slept with after I awakened. 
And to me, that's a very specific moment. And where I said, right, I'm going to pick one. So it's very hard to say if somebody else would approach me now and want to spend time with me, how far would I go? But I have the feeling, you know, my dingling belongs to someone. And it's still very hard to say. You know, it's like too good to be true. But it's also a bit like it's a real challenge. Which is certainly one reason why I'm trying to, you know, sort out my life. So when something should come my way that I'm ready. So if people would want to interview me that I'm ready to be interviewed, right? (laughs) That they cannot ask me questions and I'm just going to shout at them. That I always have something to say. And that's why the best thing I ever did was bringing my words in tune with my emotions so that I can always speak from this place of truth, right? If somebody asks me something and it makes me angry, I can respond a little bit angry, right? I can even respond with a little bit of fear, right? And I can have a conversation and then I can, you know, season it with my emotions and then it seems genuine to people which it is in a way but it's all still relative so anything i say is basically bullshit and truth which is weird but that's how it is and so every day you know every goal another reset (laughs) you know who cares man well yeah good job for listening to this i hope you don't feel like you wasted your time you know how can you say that no you give so much meaning to me (laughs) Yeah, and I get meaning out of doing these things. So, good job, I think, you know. It's like, we're working together. (laughs) Cheers. I'm also running out of tobacco, and I think that's all right.